but I don't care if you're going to get up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym and have a shower and then start work or whether you get up at 11 and start work then. All I care about is that if there's a meeting, you're there on time, that you follow our process and that work gets delivered on time to the quality that we that we expect. As long as those three three things happen, go go be yourself, go do what you want. Um, so that's that that's how we give them the kind of autonomy to to be themselves. G'day folks, Troy Dean here and welcome to the WP Elevation Podcast, the show where we help you start and grow your very own WordPress consulting business. My feature guest this week is a gentleman who I met at Lee Jackson's fantastic agency transformation live event uh, a few weeks ago out in the UK. Uh, His name is Pete Everett. He's from an agency called SO Digital in the UK. They're a remote team. Uh, He did a fabulous presentation on project management. And in fact, we were laughing in the green room before his presentation. I said, oh, great, you've got the the, uh, formidable job of making a topic like project management sexy. And we were having this conversation because, uh, you know, project management is not the sexiest topic. However, it is one of the most important because ideas are abundant. Follow through and execution is not. And it's the follow through and the execution of ideas that actually make ideas valuable in the world and allow you to innovate at scale. So he did a fabulous job with his project management talk, by the way. He's very entertaining, a great engaging speaker. And he put me onto a brand new project management tool that I hadn't used before that I'm now going all in on. So you'll have to stay with us to find out what that tool is. There's a whole bunch of great stuff in this episode about managing remote teams, online education, podcasting, authority positioning, uh, pricing, time tracking, time management. It's all here Without further ado, let's go and meet Pete Everett. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Just before we get into this episode of the podcast, I have a quick favor to ask. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Or if you're not an Apple user, you can get us on Stitcher Radio at wpelevation.com slash Stitcher. And please, if you are on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us come up in the search results and get the show in front of a wider audience. And we love your feedback and we read all of the reviews. Thanks in advance. Now let's get back to the show. G'day folks, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and I'm very pleased to have with me a gentleman all the way from Sheffield in the UK this week on the podcast who currently it's about 6am in Sheffield. This man's having his bathroom renovated so he actually got up, he went to the gym to have a shower so that he could then get back home and or to the office and be on the podcast with me by 6am. Uh, I'm very pleased that he's gone to such an effort and I hope we don't let him down or you down. I hope we provide a great episode. Of course, I'm talking about my good friend Pete Everett. Hey Pete, how are you doing? Hey, Troy. It, it is good to be with you in a very drizzly 6 a.m. England. We do drizzle very well here in England. That's, that's all I can say. Mate, I live, I live in Melbourne, so I know exactly what you're talking about. We happen to do drizzle pretty well here too. Um, now, I must clarify a couple of things. Pete Everett, you are in no way related to the late, great Kenny Everett. We cleared that up when we met out at Lee Jackson's event in the UK. This is true. I am not related to him, and my my surname is spelt ever so slightly differently. Oh, there we go. Because uh, yours is with an I, right? Not an E. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, for those that don't know, who is Pete Everett, and what do you do, and why would you be on this podcast? 
<laughs> okay, so um, uh, as you say, my name is Pete Everett. I'm a, a digital agency owner here in the UK. Um, and I also run a podcast called the Marketing Development Podcast. And off the back of that has born some, well, a course so far that the second one's in production under the umbrella of the Marketing Development Academy. So um, the, the, the sort of key people that I work with uh, through the podcast anyway is marketing consultants and marketing professionals. Um, and we're, we're basically trying to provide some high quality tools for them to skill up their game in, in different areas. And we're, we're going to sort of talk, I know where, where we're going with this conversation in a few minutes. So we're going to sort of touch on a few points as to why that was a good idea when, when we were setting the podcast up. Yeah, absolutely. Very keen to unpack all of that. Uh, now, you and I met at Lee Jackson's event, uh, Agency Transformation in Wellingborough in the UK, which yes. is a lovely, lovely little 45-minute train trip north of London, some beautiful countryside up there. I had a lovely trip on the train. I must say this too, the trains in the UK are a lot bloody smoother than the trains in the US. You, even if you get like a first-class cap cabin in the US and you get on a train and try and do some work, those trains throw you around so much. Your laptop goes flying off the table. There's just no, you just hang <laughs> on for dear life the trip up to Wellingborough was very smooth indeed um just a little bit of context how long have you known Lee Jackson and uh tell people who couldn't make the event what was your talk about at Lee Jackson's event okay so I've known Lee for um I actually connected with Lee just as he started his podcast I I really used to enjoy a podcast by a guy called another Oz, Aussie bloke actually called Matt Newton uh mm-hmm. called the um the uh, digital agency podcast or something. And uh, one of Matt's last episodes, he decided to wrap that up. And one of these last episodes was he introduced this British stiff upper lip kind of uh, slightly cardboardy um, uh, British bloke called Lee Jackson, who was starting the WP Innovator podcast. And he was about four episodes in. So I, I reached out and connected to him. And at the time I was working for another agency. I was um, uh, heading up their project management and their digital marketing teams. And um, I was looking to get out and Lee had Lee's model of kind of his white label WordPress development. I kind of thought, hey, you know what? I could possibly do white label digital marketing or white label SEO kind of services. So um, I connected with Lee that way. Uh, Fast forward, what, nearly four years, three and a half years, something like that. And Lee's, I mean, Lee's ecosystem has just blown up, as as you know. And mm. um, his, so he put on his very first live event, Agency Transformation Live, um, which he held in his hometown. And uh, yeah, I was very honoured to be asked to share the stage with esteemed people like yourself. <laughs> and uh, so uh, yeah, we, uh, my my particular talk was on project management and how to manage projects before they start managing you. Mm. And it was a great talk, and I was inspired by yourself and Dave Foy. Um, we just were talking previously about Asana, which I've had a love-hate relationship for a while. But he, here's the skinny, right? So we're in the, we're in production of a new course right now. One of the when I came out to the UK, I pinged Dave Foy and I said, "Hey, while I'm out there, dude, we should hook up and produce a course together." And he said, "That's a great idea. Let's do it." So I started setting up the course management in Asana. I learned very quickly. I'm a big fan of subtasks, right? So what I normally do is when I produce a, a lesson for a course, everything to do with that lesson is basically on one card or, or under one task. And I'm, I'm also a fan of the Kanban board. A couple of things that give me the shits about Asana. One is that you can't switch between board view and list view. It's either one or the other. And I think that's a fundamental design flaw. The second thing is when you add a subtask to a parent task, the subtask does not 
inherit the parent project. So the subtask is just kind of out there in the wild. It doesn't actually belong to the project that the parent task belongs to. Now, they're aware of this. It's not a bug. It's actually something they just haven't got around to fixing yet. I believe it's a fund. I believe it's just a taxonomy hierarchy that's broken and makes it unusable. So Dave Foy was talking to me about ClickUp. Your presentation featured ClickUp. I took ClickUp for a spin, and within five minutes, I was like, "This is a no-brainer. It does everything that I wanted to do, and the click efficiency to navigate your way around and manage stuff is really good." So, uh, heartfelt thanks to you and Dave Foy for putting me on a ClickUp because uh, it is uh, an awesome tool. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. We we came across it. Um, so our, our agency, we're, there's about 10 of us in our agency, but we're, we're split up across the UK. We're, we're kind of remotely based. So I'm here in Sheffield and my, my business partner lives in Kent. And then we've got staff kind of littered across the country. Um, so we used to use uh, teamwork projects to, mm. to manage our stuff. And we, we had a conversation about this at, at Agency Transformation Live. Mm. And the problem we were having with, with, uh, with uh, teamwork was that we were, um, it, it, there was so much functionality in it that we didn't need. If, yeah. if Teamwork projects is great if you are managing sort of hundreds of people and you've got really complicated processes. But you know what? We're an agency. We produce websites. We've, there's there's yeah. 10 of us. There's, what, maybe six or seven stages to each project. Yep. We don't need that level of stuff. So um, we were introduced to ClickUp by a guy called Jeff Patch, um, and he's, oh, yeah. yeah, Jeff Patch. So I, yeah. we, we've got to pass the kudos around here. So, uh, yeah, 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 we, yeah. I was introduced to it and I was, I was a lot like you, you know, I went, when we had a Christmas break, um, and as you do the few days after Christmas, when you're stuffed full of Turkey and the, the, that lull happens, you sit in watching crap on the TV with your laptop on your knee. And I thought, right, let's sign up for the free trial. And about three hours later, I'd paid for yeah. the licenses to get everybody on board. I was moving yeah. everything over. And you know what? We started in January on a brand new system and we've not looked yeah. back. Well, it's really interesting because I was in the green room watching uh, someone's presentation. I actually think I was in the green room when um, upstairs in Wellingborough when uh, Dave to me was doing his presentation because I just needed to, I was overwhelmed by how many people were there and I was kind of all a bit freaked out. So I needed to get some personal space, went up the green room. I was actually managing this course production in teamwork projects. I thought Asana's no good. I went all in on teamwork. I'd just seen your presentation about ClickUp. I uh, opened ClickUp, signed up for a free trial. And yeah, like within five or 10 minutes, I'm like, this is way more efficient and way nicer to use and, and way easier. So uh, going all in on that. So um, I want to talk about a couple of things I want to talk about. One mm -hmm. is the challenges of managing a remote team. And then also I do want to come back and talk about the Marketing Development Academy because I want to... Uh, I want you to unpack that for me in terms of the business model and also the value proposition. So let's first of all talk about the agency model. Yep. Uh, so so digital. That's the agency. S O digital. That's right. Yes. And who's the who's the typical client for you, and and what's the typical offering there? Okay. So we've. Um the, the the journey we came on is uh, when when I left the agency that that I previously mentioned, um, I was under a whole load of NDAs. And I'd had this idea for a white label SEO digital marketing service. Um, and there was a friend of mine who I'd worked with at the very first agency. Uh, and he lived, well, he, he, his parents lived nearby and he'd recently got married and moved down south and all of this kind of stuff. Anyway, he was coming up for a, to see his mum. So I arranged to meet him for a beer and said, look, 
this is what I'm thinking of doing. And I kind of told him, firstly, because he'd known me for so long, he would have told me if it was a crap idea. And secondly, because I thought he might be my first client. Um, and he said, look, it sounds great. But the problem I've got is he was, he'd got married, he'd moved down south, didn't know anybody other than his wife, and he'd set himself up as a branding consultant. And his name's Steve Osborne, which is where the SO comes from. Uh-huh. Um, so he was losing work because he had no digital offering whatsoever. So we, we put two and two together and made four. He was bringing clients across. So the name So is actually a carryover from the sort of uh, first iteration of this, this hybrid. Now, where, where we were coming from, uh, where he was coming from, was he had a wealth of education clients. So they were normally either further education or higher education colleges or um, universities. And he was working with them on branding and, and uh, print media and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they were wanting to take stuff online like personalized prospectuses, um, uh, retargeting. Um, we, so we came up with a model to actually... Um, help them with specific needs so what what where the universities were coming from was they were saying that we're getting pitched by agencies that want a hundred grand off and they want to do all of our marketing and we don't want to give them all our marketing because we only need help with you know these half a dozen courses or this nucleus of courses over here um so we want you know we want the very first project i ran was we helped the canterbury christchurch university fill the places on their police development uh, masters course and we so we wow. we put this project in play this process in place where we said right we don't want to do all your marketing we don't we don't really care about the stuff that is going well for you in, in England, a lot of the universities are known for particular subjects. So if you're Cambridge, for example, you're well known for your arts and for your literacy. If you're, um, I don't know, if you're King's College London, then theology and physics and engineering go down well there. So you don't need to worry about marketing that stuff because you're going to sell it anyway. The thing mm-hmm. is, you've then got 75 courses or 52 courses or whatever it is that you're not so well known for. And in order for those to run, you have to hit minimum student numbers. So we'll go and help you with that stuff. And you can just get on with the stuff that you know about because you're good at that. Why do we need to help you with it? Hmm. So that's, that was the model that we, that we put in place. Over the past three years, we're still doing that with universities. And that's very much our, our education offer. But we've then tweaked it slightly. So we, um, we also offer it to third sector clients as well. So we're, we're not talking, we, we don't often work with small kind of local charities. We are talking more national, national level charities. We work with um, the National Churches Trust here in the UK. So they have something like 4,000 uh, national sites that they, that they work and maintain and that, that kind of. So with, with that sort of level of, of charity work. Um, but it's it's a very similar thing. What is what is your main problem? What is the thing that's going to either save you the most money or bring you the most donations? That's normally the conversation we're having with charities. And right, this is this is the model that we can use through creative development, digital marketing, SEO in order to in order to boost your donations or your student numbers. And that's what we do. Awesome. What does the team look like? What's the makeup in terms of of, of like the the skill set on the team? So we've got, um, I'm, I'm the development lead and the, the technical lead. My uh, business partner, Steve, he's the, he's the creative lead. Um, we then have a couple of project managers, a couple of copywriters, two art workers and three developers. Wow. Um, how do you find good people? How do you attract them? How do you 
this is a big question. How do you onboard <laughs> them? How do you get them playing the same game? And how do you keep them engaged and enthusiastic? So, right. Uh, if, you could answer, if you could answer all of that in one succinct sentence, that'd be much appreciated. Right. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Troy. We'll see you next week because I'll still be going. Um, <laughs> so we we when we started, we were we were very small. There was there was three of us to begin with. There was Steve and his wife Jeanette and myself. Um, we uh, so when as we started to scale up, we didn't have the funds to kind of take a punt on somebody and say, look, I'm going to offer somebody twenty five grand to come in here and. Uh, and whatever we we didn't have that that sort of level of recurring income essentially mm. so we we've always started by using freelancers um we've we've not outsourced offshore i've tried to do that once and it failed spectacularly so i've kind of kept kept the reins of it um but we so yeah we, we've basically used freelancers those freelancers we um uh, we, we first of all, we just take them on on a project basis. A lot of them have come through either personal referrals or people that we already work with who who know of know of somebody. So we're only one or two steps of connection away from our, our core team anyway. Um, and then from once we do a project or a couple of projects with somebody on a project by project basis, we then have an offering whereby we ask for we ask the freelancers for essentially an exclusivity contract. Mm -hmm. um but so we will guarantee you work every you know every day of of, of each week um, and if we don't need you we will give you at least one week's notice of the availability we don't need you so you can then choose to either take the day off or take some time off that, that next week or you can you've got time to find other work if you want to Mm. Um, so that that's kind of been our offering to freelancers. The what we give them back in return is, you know, we, we give them an identity with a bigger team. We have a really active Slack channel, so they're they're connecting with um, they're connecting with the entire team. It's just like they're they're part of the team. You know, it's not we're, yeah. we're not trying to isolate people or put people into different pockets. Um, and we we also say, look, we really don't care when you work. This is our model for working. You've done a few projects with us. You, you understand how the process works. But I don't care if you're going to get up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym and have a shower and then start work or whether you get up at 11 and start work then. All I care about is that if there's a meeting, you're there on time, that you follow our process and that work gets delivered on time to the quality that we that we expect. As long as those three three things happen, go go be yourself go do what you want um awesome. so that's that that's how we give them the kind of autonomy to to be themselves so um one thing i've always been curious about is if if you working with a freelancer and you kind of estimate that this might be there might be like you know 24 hours of work here and they're just a ninja and they get it done in you know 16 hours are they then penalized for being super efficient and not getting, not earning as much, or do they just say, "Well, I've got some free time now. I'm going to go and work on other projects." Or do you just go, "Well, hey, that's awesome. We're going to pay you for the time anyway." How do you scope that out? That is a really that's a really good question. Um, we've what we've been doing at the moment is we've been. Um, I hope none of my freelancers listen to this. Uh, from a man <laughs> from a management level, we've Whoops. been we've been, <laughs> from a management level, we've been um, allocating essentially budgets to each to each stage of of a project. So you know, yeah. design development, SEO, uh, project management, whatever it might be, um, and that that budget has um, it is essentially based upon the units of time. We're going to get onto that in a moment. The units yeah. of time that each phase should take. 
Yeah. Now, now it is an average. What we've started doing is um, giving uh, freelancers essentially a bonus if they if they do complete work ahead of schedule. So mm. we've got the budget there anyway. We, we've assigned, I don't know, £3,000 to the artwork phase, whatever it might be. If they're, you know, we've got our profit margin built into that. So yeah. basically they complete in less than we've allocated, then we'll give them a bonus. We don't always give them a bonus of ex- everything that's left, but we yeah, there is an incentive there to, you know, to a financial incentive to say, you know what, we're going to give you an extra, we'll give you an extra day's pay because you've, you know, you, you've, Hit, yeah. hit the schedule we, we can delight the client the client's happy we're yeah. happy things can move forward look at the end of the day who doesn't want the project that's delivered early yeah absolutely um and i think uh, i want to talk about time tracking in a sec but one of the things that you touched on before is um f- freelancers usually more than anything is they actually want to feel like they're part of a team and that they're they're making a important contribution and that their work matters yeah. Uh, and this is something that we do as well. Whenever we work with third-party contractors that come in to the organisation, I just try and get them on board with the team as quickly as possible to make them feel like they are part of a team and without overwhelming them. But there is quite a big team here and, you know, you're a part of it and you're, you're an important part of it. So everyone, you know, welcomes them. Um, time tracking. Do you, What tool do you use for time tracking in ClickUp? And do you, well, do you use time tracking? If so, what tool do you use? And do you get any pushback from staff because as a business owner, you've got to know what things cost, right? You have to know your margins. Yeah. You have to know what it costs to deliver a project. Uh, how do you do time tracking and do you get any resistance from your team? Uh, so we we were using a, 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 another online app called Clockify, I think it was called, yep. for um, for time tracking. Since moving to ClickUp, we've we've just basically, why have the extra application? So we've cut that off. The the time tracking is done in ClickUp. We, yep. um, we also, we look at our time in units of time. So we, we work on basically four sprints a day. So two in the morning, two in the afternoon. Um, That's right. That then we we work on them as ninety minutes each. So again, we're 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 trying to ac- accurately enough track exactly how long each project takes, so we can figure out our you know our, our cost centers, our profit uh, schedules, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They also inform future projects. You know, we've we've yeah, yeah. looked over three or four years worth of projects and come up with our models. But of course, yeah. you're going to get projects that break the mold. That's the nature of it. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, we but we do it in units of time, and by doing it that way, we're we're actually taking it off the kind of minute by minute thing. So yeah, I, I worked in an agency where the 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 MD wanted us to log our comfort breaks, and I'm like, mate, that that's that's just personal, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I I don't want to be compared how long it takes me on the toilet versus somebody else, you know, what the exactly. hell? So yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we try not to micromanage, and we try not to be sort of. Um, uh, what's the word? We, we we try not to be too oppressive with it, but we do have to do it, and it's part of yeah. it's part of the nature of working with us. We we we're trying to deliver a good job. We're trying yeah. to have a team ethos where we, you know, none of us got into this to do it for uh, to make life harder for ourselves. We all yeah. did it to have a better life, to have better quality of life, spend more time with our family, have better income. So that's that's the that's the ethos of working with us, and that's the ethos that we we then try and apply to time tracking, which. It's a bit jarring, but you've got to got to try and make it work. Yeah, somehow. yeah, yeah, totally. Um, the, I tried the ClickUp time tracking built in, and I ended up using EverHour because I couldn't assign an hourly rate in ClickUp to different team members. So I've integrated it with EverHour, and again, <laughs> the only reason we're doing that is so that we know how much it costs us to produce a course. 
um, it's frightening how much it costs to produce <laughs> a, high, a high quality course uh, yeah. at the level that at the level that we're producing them. Um, let's uh, nice pivot. Uh, let's talk about the marketing development podcast and academy. Why did you start the marketing development podcast, and then how did the marketing development academy get born? Okay, so one of the people that we one of the types of people that we work with best in our agency is we uh, is marketing consultants. So this this has kind of come a bit from our third sector work. So third sector third sector organisations they're they're obviously on tight budgets. They have to account not only to their shareholders but also to their trustees for any marketing spend. So they're they're normally doing things from the bottom up rather than coming in from the big picture and saying we need new strategy. Mm. And in doing that, they normally employ some level of marketing consultant. Now, marketing consultants, certainly all the ones I've come across, normally have a background in copywriting, but they're then expected to know how to do uh, branding, know how to do, know what functionality you can do on the web, particularly know how SEO works, um, mm -hmm. know, know how Facebook marketing works, know how to manage social media, know how to, um, uh, I don't know, uh, know how to track conversions properly, all of this kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. you, there's, this, there's this group of people that turn to agencies like us and are essentially convincing their clients that, hey, look, I'm now operating above my pay grade here. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, you need some bigger help. And that's where we come in because we say, look, we've got all these services, but you don't have to use all of them. We'll have to work with your marketing consultant, the, the marketer that you've got in-house, whatever it is, and we'll, we'll essentially just fulfill the rest of your team. Hmm. So the podcast initially came from wanting to support those marketing consultants not feel out of their depth. Because by the time we come in, you normally end up with some broken marketing consultant rocking in the corner because they've been <laughs> they've been trying to do the job of an entire marketing department for eighteen months while they convince yeah. somebody that they need to they need to employ a few more people. So um, that's where the podcast came from was to connect with those people to to uh, offer them some advice to essentially introduce to them what it's like to work with an agency. Um, What's happened is that we we launched the podcast. Um, it, it is billed as being for marketing consultants and marketing professionals. So you know the the way you're in companies and you've got actual employees working on marketing. Um, and we launched that what about sixteen months ago. We've launched a Facebook group alongside it. And what's what's happened is what's becoming evident is there's there's two nucleus of people. There are the consultants themselves that um, that are, are sort of loving the fact that they can connect with other consultants, that they don't they don't feel isolated anymore, that there's other people out there living the same hell that they have been, and that mm -hmm. you know that th this is the best advice to give your client, all that kind of stuff. And then there's also this group of uh, marketing professionals that are currently employed that are thinking about taking the leap to become consultants because mm -hmm. they want the freedom, the better quality of life. And they're coming into this group and sort of saying, shit, I didn't realize it was going to be like that. So we're, we're, um, we're, we're kind of trying to address things about how to set a business up properly, how to look at how to figure out your recurring revenue, how to manage projects you know all of that kind of stuff um but from the the actual consultant or employee point of view Got it. that's interesting that's, that's where the podcast came from hmm. fast forward 12 months and um uh, there was there was a need that the the podcast is brilliant but as you know troy they it hmm. takes up a good chunk of your time um oh, yeah. so so there, there is there is an element whereby you you need to start thinking about at least the podcast covering its time in terms of some some revenue income um 
from the group, it became evident that SEO was one of the biggest things that they were struggling with. So I put together a course called um, Demystifying White Hat SEO. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been put under the umbrella of the academy. At the moment, that's the only course that's there, but th- there are a couple more courses in the pipeline. Um, right. And uh, yeah, so so the 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 whole point of the the course is that it allows uh, consultants or marketers to actually apply on-page SEO and start to move in the realms of off-page SEO as they're doing their work. But the the final module in it, the six modules to the course, the final module is all about how you measure success and how you demonstrate that to your employer. So that essentially so that you can keep on delighting your clients and keep mm. that monthly recurring revenue that you've worked so hard for. Keep those clients on board so that you can grow and scale your business. Got it. Uh, awesome. Love it. Love it. Uh, it's a great model. Uh, what's the one thing about either the agency business or the marketing development side of things? What's the one thing that's keeping you awake at night? Apart from the, bath- <laughs> apart from the bathroom being renovated. Apart from the bathroom and, and Aussies wanting uh, podcasts at 6am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's a great question. Um, there's never enough hours in the day. The thing, the thing that I'm trying to balance myself is that there's there's still parts of our agency that are, are dependent on me, and um, I've, I've done quite a good job in managing myself out of about sixty percent of a job. But if I could manage myself out of the other forty percent, I'd be in. I'd I'd be a lot freer to do a lot more stuff. So that, that's that's very much a personal thing that that is an ongoing. Um, uh, an ongoing moving sort of uh, target to begin with it was a bit of a hard sell to my to my business partner to say hey you know what i, I want to st- stop doing less or i want to start doing less of what's actually going to earn us money and more of what's going to build us authority um mm. but as as we've seen the agency grow uh through the publicity essentially the publicity of the podcast it's just yeah. another way of marketing yeah. itself yeah um, totally he's he's far more bought into that and he's he's a lot a lot easier to let me sort of um yeah go go and do my own thing and uh and do the stuff that i enjoy doing so that's that's really the thing that keeps me awake at night is um yeah how how am i going to free up the next 10 percent of my time um so that i can keep on doing what i like doing Mm. um and was lee jackson's event was that the are you you, i think we spoke about this in the uk are you frequently getting out and about and going to events or was lee's event one of the first that you'd been to in a while uh no i've been i've been out and about events i I try and go to um a couple of year um lee's was actually my fourth i think in the last 12 months um but it was it was the first event this year that i've spoken at so Mm. um uh, the the thing that was really bizarre for me actually was that the other events I've been to, there's been the odd person that's known me, the odd, you know, the odd person that sort of moved in the, the same realm as, as me and the podcast and that kind of thing. The thing that struck me, and you probably get this all the time, was hmm. I walked into the the event room, the, the hall, the auditorium, hmm. the morning that it was due to kick off. And people were coming up to me and saying, Hey Pete, it's great to great to meet you. I'm I, I completely got your point. They give you their first name. I'm yeah. John. Yeah, I, I'm John, and I really loved about this. And then there was one bloke who, who then started quizzing me. He'd he'd seen me on the speakers list. He found my podcast and had engaged with episodes. So he'd gone back to episode zero 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 and had watched them back or listened to them back to back for like the past week. And he then start, started aggressively started saying, "In episode thirteen, you said this, and what did you mean by that?" And in episode twenty four, this happened. And I'm just like, "Whoa, mate! You know, some of us are here to 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 you know enjoy this, not to 
yeah, justify yeah. our life. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that was a little uh, that that was a little overwhelming for me. I, I ended up in that green room a couple of times just uh, just yeah, to yeah. chill out. And get some yeah, yeah, just to, just to get some personal space. I must apologise to Dave Toomey because Dave Toomey walked straight up to me and he said, "G'day, Troy." And I said, "G'day, mate. How are you?" And I he had his lanyard on, but it was around the wrong way. So I grabbed his lanyard and turned it around so I could see his name. I said, "Oh, Dave Toomey," and he said, "Didn't the beard give it away?" <laughs> I said, mate, I'm really sorry. Like the amount, like I just meet so many people. And if you tell me your first and last name, I'm going to know who you are straight away. But if you just tell me your first name, oh, my name's Matt. Yeah, you and 1,300 other Matts that I've met this year. Like give me a last name so I've got some context. How do we know each other? Which group are we in? Yeah, it's, it's a funny thing. Um, but it's how powerful is it hanging out in real life with people that you've had some kind of connection with online? Oh, it, it's it's incredible. It's, um, you know, there's... What what Lee's event really, really um, cemented for me was that regardless of how good this social thing is and video chat and video conferencing, all that, you cannot replace the connection Mm. that you get in real life. It just, you know, that that being able to, I I, I don't mean this in a funny way, but being able to touch somebody, being able to shake your hand, being able to, you know, have, have a laugh, having the wider context, having the ability to chill out with a coffee and just shoot shit for shoot the 20, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for, yeah for 20 minutes you just cannot beat that level of um that level of connection we had a, we had a really bizarre evening in a uh, in a pub uh the the night that the event finished <laughs> t- talking about subjects that will remain we confidential we did um, yeah 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 but it was, you know, it, it's stuff like we, that. We, that. We, we did shoot the shit a lot, didn't we? <laughs> it was fantastic. I, I, told my, I told my wife about that conversation, actually, and she said, oh, right. She goes, how did, how did you feel about having that kind of conversation with a bunch of people that you just met? I'm like, oh, I feel totally fine about it. I have no problem whatsoever talking poo with strangers. Happy days. Um, and funny, Samantha Hearn, who I've got on the podcast coming up, I think, uh, tomorrow or in the next few days, she was the one that started that conversation about poo. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, that was a great conversation, and it was you know I, I'm I'm all in when I meet people in real life. I'm an open book, and I'm like, hey, I've flown halfway across the planet. We're just going to get to know each other. So uh, yeah, it was great. It was fantastic to meet you there, and I do really appreciate you getting up super early, going to the gym, having a shower. Did you do a workout before the shower, or you just went to the gym and had a shower? No, no, I just just right. went to the gym, had a shower, and <laughs> straight for the door. Fantastic. Well done. Well played. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoy the drizzle the rest of the day there in in Sheffield. I'm going to enjoy the drizzle here in Melbourne. And I wish you all the best for the agency and the Marketing Development Podcast and Academy. Keep in touch and look forward to seeing how it uh, unfolds in years to come. Cheers, Troy. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Pete. That's uh, another episode of the WP Elevation podcast wrapped up. Please subscribe at iTunes and give us a rating and a review. Hit us up on our Facebook page and also subscribe to our YouTube channel where we publish a bunch of how-to videos and we also share the videos of this podcast. That's right. We make videos of the podcast because I think it's important that we talk to our guests uh, and we see them so that for me it just means that we have a more authentic, meaningful conversation. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and everything we're doing here at WP Elevation as much as, uh, as, much as I am. I look forward to speaking with you again next week on the podcast. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate.